0: For anybody, if I could part you with that, I would just say, you know, just trust the process and just know that your my lane will never look like Ben's or Aiden's, but that doesn't mean that we can't get to the same place. If somebody knew my whole story, like just even get to Temple, like just getting to that point. Like I transferred to two colleges and when I finished that temple, I won a diamond award, which is the highest accolade that a person could receive from the university. Now, if you tell somebody that that doesn't know me, I would not fit the profile for somebody that would accomplish something like that. Going to University of Penn. My mother has an eighth grade education. She never went to high school. She would never be able to guide me past, you know, high school, college, or what comes after that. My father never went to college. You don't have to fit the profile or check all the boxes on the surface. Just trusting that you can get to where you wanna be if you continue to do the work and you have to believe in. So sometimes you gotta be your own, your biggest fan, your biggest critic, cause it'll be a lot of lonely times where You know people don't understand what it is that you're chasing or what you want to do or they don't respect the decisions that you're making or simply put they just don't believe that you can do it I think my mentor she's somebody that believes in me endlessly and she also helped instill my confidence in me but when I told her I wanted to go to Penn I think that was one of the first times that she was unsure and you know when I usually tell her that I want to do things uh she always like pushes me and you know tells me I could do it and this was one of the first times when we had that conversation she was like well, if they don't accept you, like, that's that's on them. Just remember that it's not on you, it's a loss on them. And I think I think that was her way of, it was like, risk management. Like, she wanted me to know if this doesn't go as planned, then, you know, you got other options. Like, it's okay. And I was like, man, I could do this. Like, I believe in me. I don't care what it looks like. And I, I got in.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Discover More where we strive to accelerate the learning process together through intentional dialogues. My name is Benoit. And my name is Aiden.
2: This podcast was built on the foundation of approachable guests, synthesized experiences, and relatable lessons that will help you grow throughout your journey. Thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoy and continue to discover more. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Discover More. This week's guest is Monte Fowler. Monte was born and raised in Philadelphia and is a graduate of Temple University and UPenn's Masters of Social Work program. The last time we interviewed Monte in June 2020, we discussed his personal journey into social work and the systemic and personal implications related to the Black Lives Matter movement. Since then, he has moved to Atlanta to pursue a director of student engagement position and was recently featured in Voyage Atlanta as a rising star of the Atlanta community. He also hosts the Failing Forward podcast where he hopes to inspire other creatives and entrepreneurs to fall in love with the process, embrace challenges along the way, and find grace on their journey to success. Monte, welcome to the show thank you for having me guys that was an amazing intro (laughs) of course man yeah gotta do it right for a good friend so i think the last time we chatted uh you were preparing for this move to atlanta And I think for me, myself, and a lot of society, moving to a new city, starting somewhere fresh, really beginning to write that new story is almost glamorized or put on a pedestal, Um, especially for someone that's lived in Philadelphia their whole lives. I would love to hear about kind of the expectations versus reality of what you saw Atlanta as, what you wanted to create there, and then really what some of the realities were once you moved and started writing that new chapter.
0: Now I'll say, initially, This is something that I wanted to do since the eighth grade. I will always tell my family that, you know, once I finished school, I would eventually leave Philly one day. And to be honest, I really just followed it through. So I just went to high school, graduated, went to college, and I knew that after I went to college that... I was going to go to Atlanta and the reason being was the culture and the opportunities for black people. Atlanta is a city that's super inspiring. It's black creatives and entrepreneurs everywhere you go. I see celebrities almost once a week. A friend of mine saw Ari Lennox. I saw a couple NBA players just out walking right in front of me and it's like a normal thing. And I think being in that type of environment it just inspires you to want to create, to be more, and to do more. And you you can go to a bar, you can go to a restaurant, and the person serving you might have 50,000 followers on TikTok. It's like, why are you working here? Or like, what are you trying to do? Or I've had instances when I'm out with my friends, one of my friends do music. And we just started, you know, rapping at the table. Just that's how we engage with each other and have fun. And, you know, we were sitting next to a table full of women in PR. And hip-hop pr so it's just like those type of connections and opportunities that appealed me about this journey and since i've got here it's been that it's been exactly what i've expected um, i've just been super inspired i met a lot of different creatives and entrepreneurs and i've just been taking bits and pieces of what i've seen from them online how they brand themselves and it's somewhere i feel like i can grow you know that's what prompted the move i just wanted a new opportunity i feel like sometimes in philly the city is a very tough and gritty city. It's a very blue collar state. And I feel like a lot of people, I'm not gonna say aren't the most supportive of one another, but I think it's just more like survival instincts. Philly is also the poorest large city in America. so. I think with that, it's kind of a crab in a barrel type of mentality where people don't want to support one another and help each other out to get to that next level. And throughout my life, people have always said to me like, you don't remind me of the average person for Philly, and I never knew what they meant. But I think it was just, I'm so given, I'm so open, I'm so willing to collaborate. And I saw that I could do that at a high level in a city where it was a bunch of people
1: like me. So that's why I came here. What a beautiful response, and it brings a lot of resonance to both of us. And we have heard the quote, right, that you are and we are the average of the five people that we hang on with the most. Oh, and yeah. We are the representations. We are the reflections of our social network. And of course, social network comprises a lot of people. But who are the most intimate five people that you are in your life, that you surround yourself with? And those five people can either help you grow exponentially or hinder you and hold right. you back exponentially. But in your level and in your sense with your transition to Atlanta, it's more like a macro level of, it's not just the five people that you're with, it's the entire city, it's the <laughs> entire environment, it's the entire autumn sphere that you reside yourself within, that it sounds like very conducive for your growth, uh, which is amazing. But of course, with Aiden's question, that there is a glamor and there is a reality. Right. There is the opportunities, there is the opportunities to rise, to become this better version of Monte Fowler, to become this better version of creative, better version of this impact maker. But I'm sure there's also expectations and the realities of that, of what are those downsides, because there is no such thing as perfect in this world. And I think with your response, it would be it's a perfect point to ask you about what are some of the realities of Atlanta? What is the reality of this place where there's so much social capital, so much opportunity, so much talent, so much ambition, but there has to be some cost i'll say one of them is
0: adjusting to the culture of the city which happens to be very materialistic and very showy so because it's a little bit more of a wealthy place when i first got here i noticed that when i would want to go to certain events or network with certain opportunities i had this instant feeling that oh i need better clothes like i need to get a better car so when i show up in these rooms i'm respected and i feel like somebody and that's a lot of what's going on here and i know you've experienced that in la man it's like every time you meet somebody, it's kind of hard to know if you're getting the real them or if you're getting the person that they aspire to be. So a lot of times uh, that's been tough, just trying to maneuver that to see like, who are the people that are actually good for me it's not just like a transactional relationship or someone trying to use me as an opportunity to get something that they would like so that has been something tough to maneuver outside of that it's very oversaturated. like i said there's so many creatives there's so many entrepreneurs there's so many people that want to be actors or actresses so i feel like sometimes you can get lost in the shuffle and you know become victim to you know a comparison which will still get joy like the quote says but sometimes it could feel like there's no room for you to make it because there's so many people that are just like you and i think you constantly have to check yourself and stay grounded and know that you know even if it is somebody that is doing the same thing as you they are not you so they'll never be able to you know put the twist on whatever task it is that you're doing or bring the intangibles that you bring to the table so that's something that i constantly just try to remind myself is to to stay grounded and um, you know, just stick close to my community and just remember who I am and not get lost in the shuffle of the culture of this this whole place, because it's easy to get lost in it because there's so much to do. And I think even on the ground level, just being responsible with my time, being responsible with my money, because like I said, I was having those thoughts. I remember one, I had a conversation with one of my friends. We were about to go out, and he was like, you want to come to this event? And I was like, yeah, I don't have anything to wear though, so I got to go to Lennox, which is like one of the most popular malls out here. He was like, bro, if you don't wear something that you got in your closet, like you don't have to get something new to wear every time that we go out. But when I got here, I was getting caught up in that culture of like, I have to look like something more than I am. I have to be something more than I am. Just me being me is not enough. Those are definitely some of the pitfalls that I've been uh, experiencing since since I've been out here.
2: Appreciate you sharing, man. I think a lot of those elements and themes that you brought up are ones that we all kind of are dealing with in this social media comparison decade or You know, century, it seems like. One of the newest newsletters that I did was based around collaboration rather than comparison, Mm -hmm. right? I think we're all more powerful when we work together and really lean into one another's strengths than try and compare with one another, compete with one another. And I think that's the interesting thing that you probably relate to as an athlete, right? Competition is kind of embedded at a really early age of how can we do better than the other team or win the spelling bee, the MVP award, whatever. And I think because this is such a universal theme that we all deal with so much, I'd love to hear how you think about comparison, overcoming it, staying grounded in who you are as a person and what you wanna create rather than looking around. Obviously, it's a perpetual journey of continuing to remind ourselves, hey, even if we're scrolling on Instagram, let's not compare. That's something I find myself doing all the time, but would love, you know especially with your mental health lens and experience in social work, to see how you either view comparison versus collaboration with yourself or other people you may be speaking with. I would say, bro, first and foremost, a lot of self-talk.
0: So a lot of affirmations and a lot of practicing gratitude and appreciation in all my days. So whenever I find myself questioning my journey or questioning who I am, I just try to ground myself in the present moment And somebody told me to always remember my feet. She like, whenever your mind is cluttered, she like bring your attention to the top of your feet and it grounds you in reality and it grounds you in the present moment. So I try to do that. And I just think of one thing that I'm grateful for, even in a couple things, you know, whether that's grateful for my apartment or the fact that like a year ago, I wanted to be in Atlanta and I'm here now. So it may not be happening as fast as I would like it to, but I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be with who I'm supposed to be and everything is happening in the way that it was meant so i just do a lot of self-talk a lot of meditation and even sometimes bro just logging out like sometimes you have to log out of social media and just disconnect and when i do that i try to have more intentional conversations with my friends so we actually took this from the i am athlete podcast which is my favorite right now they do check-ins they'll ask their friends like how are you doing mentally emotionally spiritually financially how are you doing in each of those domains because i told my friends i'm like bro there's some days where i can post a selfie on instagram smiling and i could be having the worst day of my life but that shot of dopamine that you might get from a girl liking double tapping and telling you that oh you look fine it might make you feel better in the present moment but it's nothing sustainable so i'm saying i told them like you know, let's try to make sure that we actually check on each other in real life, real life to see, you know, if we're OK and that, you know, what are the things that we're actually going through? So a lot of intentional talks with friends and surrounding myself with the people that know me best and just having a clear understanding of my vision and what it will take to accomplish my vision. I think that keeps me grounded when you have a why. Um, I think a lot of people jump into things and they have the the want, but they the desire is not attached to anything greater than them. So I think when you don't have that why attached to what it is that you're doing, it's easy to, like, you know, want to give up and quit at certain times or, you know, feel like you're not good enough or people are ahead of you. So I think just doing a lot of work on your mind and your mental and just appreciating where you are, like, simple appreciation, like, it's kind of crazy, like, how much of an impact it can make in your life.
1: There's so much wisdom there. And, uh, yeah, I first want to affirm the amount of, cultivated practices that you have, and you it's very apparent, Monty, that you are a champion of mental health awareness, you are the champion of the movement, you are a champion of mental health for all, right? And it has to start from gratitude, start from a place of self, and working on ourselves by increasing our self-awareness, so we know what stirs the pot, so to speak. Uh, our most recent guest, Corey Camp, an amazing coach and founder of the Forever Athlete Movement, he mm-hmm. said, there is a difference between some doing something you like and doing something that gives you fulfillment. It's not yeah. the same, right? You could do something that you like, like showing off, posting a shirtless selfie or a selfie, get some likes. You like that because the dopamine response is because of the validation. But right. they just give you fulfillment and meaning, which sounds like exactly what you're alluding to. I want to stay on this uh, very briefly. And I want to, since this is an audio-only platform... I just want to share with the listeners that Monty's skin is glowing. His hair is looking <laughs> luscious. I know he's been on this skin regimen the past month uh, that I've been following his journey on social media. So I think it has to be as a champion of mental health, right? As someone who clearly takes self-care, not as an afterthought, but as a non-negotiable. How do you Monte, practice and what are some of your self-care routine looks like to share some more tangibles for the listeners?
0: Well, I would say on a social standpoint, I like spending time with my family and friends. One of my love languages is quality time. So I'm talking about time where we're not on our phones, where we're laughing or we're intentionally focusing on whatever it is that's in front of us. So if we're going out to eat, like truly enjoying each other's time and not looking ahead or planning the next adventure, it's like making the most of the time that we actually have together. Another thing that I like to do for myself is journal. Um, Whenever I'm feeling that comparison, I like to just... Jot out my thoughts and sometimes like seeing them on paper and really processing them out you'll see that you may not have been feeling you know as bad as you thought about something or um something may not have happened uh in the way that you thought and sometimes you just need to get it out like express it to somebody or write it down on a piece of paper other than that like i like getting my hair cut or like getting my hair done or like just keeping up with myself like as someone who has faced depression before, I know what that can do to you to the point where like, you don't want to get out of the bed. You don't even want to uh, nurture yourself and take care of yourself physically. So as of late, like I go to the gym and I put a lot of time into, you know, how I feel, putting a lot of time into my body. So just trying to eat better and you know keep myself well manicured. Like that's a version of self care for me because I feel better when I wake up early or I go to sleep early at night. I just know that I'm taking care of myself or even when I disconnect on social media and I pick up a physical copy of the book because it's grounded me in reality. And I think you just got to have those little things in place to, you know, keep yourself grounded and do what's good for your mind. You know, sometimes I have friends that are doing better than me, I have friends that are doing worse. And, you know, I have friends like y'all that are like super amazing, doing super good stuff. And sometimes when you keep consuming all of that, it can make you forget all of the good that you're doing in your own life. So, I think just having that way to like disconnect and just do things that feel good, whether that's like listening to music or even creating an episode for my podcast, like I really enjoy doing creative stuff. So, that's how I
2: implement self care in my own life. I love that, man. I think you mentioned a lot of important things, especially the fact that both how depression can kind of be a cycle, but also inspiration can be a cycle, right? I see this in my own life all the time of like, when you're in that negative headspace, everything seems like a tornado of like, it can kind of continue to grow and build. But then at the Mm -hmm. same time, if say you go to the gym in the morning, you're probably going to eat healthier throughout the day, or you're going to reach out to that friend that you haven't talked to in a little bit. So I think that's was a really important lesson that I learned in my mental health journey is like similar to how those Negative feelings can be cyclical and almost build on one another. The good can cycle and build on one another. Just continue to bring in that idea to life. And if I could say one more thing, bro, I actually have a
0: calendar right here on my wall. And what I do is I give myself a reward system. It's like positive reinforcement, but I have all the things that I like doing, whether that's journaling, praying, going to the gym, and with each day that I do that, I have like different icons that represent prayer. Like I might do a triangle, I might do a square for if I've read that book. And on each day, if I did it, I'll go to my calendar and just draw that item on the particular day. And when I look back at the end of the week, I was like, oh my God, like I actually got a lot of things done. This was really productive. So I think just writing it out, just giving yourself that little pat on the back, like, you know, I might go out or something to reward myself, but
1: it just feels good that I'm like doing things for myself. Dude, that's a, I, I just got goosebumps again. I don't know I don't know when this started, but sometime like a year and a half ago, anytime I hear something that's in deep resonance with me, I get physiological response through goosebumps. And Aiden has seen this in real life when he visited me. But, so I cannot fake this up. I had some goosebumps moment because that reminds me of one of Tim Ferriss's favorite hack from his book, Tribal Mentors. And he talks about, like Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, right? He talks about the quote that life is comprised of what repeats. So get those repeated things well, because life isn't comprised of this glamorous, majestic, exotic, amazing, extraordinary events. Life is the little things that's being iterated, right? It's iterations of little mundane moments that when you look back six years from now, you're like, oh shit. Even now, like for all three of us, how many glamorous moments and how many groundbreaking, earth-shattering achievement milestones do we remember? I don't i remember the little things i remember the hug with my mom i remember a low-key picnic with my girlfriend i remember all of these monday things i remember our interview right just three dudes having conversations in aiden's room in philadelphia what a minutia of detail but i remember that very vividly um so i think it's so important and with tim ferris's thing he says keep a, a success or happy jar and anytime during the day just throughout randomly it's almost like a coin jar Anytime mm-hmm. you feel happy, anytime something that excites you, that enthuses you, put a little note, Because yeah. at least with me personally, when I look back on my week to week, because I'm so busy right now for the time being, yeah. studying neurobiology, being in USC for the social work and clinical psychotherapy program, mm-hmm. all I see and remember is the interpersonal stress. All I remember yeah. is the stressful events, all I remember is the deadlines of the projects or the paper or my clinical assessment, whatever. But I don't really remember the happy moments. I yeah. I seldomly remember, oh, that's right. This week, something good happens. And it's exactly what happens. And if I were to ask all the listeners right now to close your eyes and think about three good things that happened this week. Unless you do journaling like you do, Monte, or unless you have some sort of practice, you don't remember. Yeah. All you remember is the stress. Yeah. So I feel like you're doing the exact same way that what Tim Ferriss did with a jar. You're doing on your calendar, which is even more... Explicit, Right. You see it. Yeah. And I just want to put that on a pedestal real quick, because that sounds honestly, I, I might start doing that too on my on my whiteboard right behind this screen.
0: I'm telling you, bro, when you look back at the entire month, you're like, wow, like I actually got a lot done. And I think one thing that I do is just tell myself I'm proud of myself. And, you know, I talk to a lot of younger kids because, you know, I'm very passionate about working with the youth. And when they bring decisions to me, and especially as a first generation, you know, it's hard, you know, taking on this new journey and there's nobody in your family that can really assist you or provide that perspective because they just don't have it. And you know, it's bumps that you encounter along the road. And I tell them that uh, it's gonna be a lot of decisions that you make your parents won't necessarily be proud of them or, you know, your friends and family, but as long as you're proud and happy at what you're doing, I think that's one of the, the easiest ways to live a fulfilled and a peaceful life is just do things that make you happy and do things that you're proud of. Don't be shy to affirm yourself and tell yourself you're proud. Like sometimes, like I do a lot of self-talk, bro. it's almost insane. Like I'll tell myself, <laughs> like pat myself on the shoulder and say, man, like I'm really proud of you. That was good. That
2: was really good. It makes me feel better. So you just got to find the things that work for you. It's so, so important. And I really wanted to just kind of highlight the, I guess, written or affirmation approach that you take is that it's attaching dopamine to doing those little things, right? I think our society at large is kind of addicted to the dopamine through social media, through the likes and through the, you know, comments, all that kind of stuff, notifications coming through. But in this case, you're attaching dopamine to, hey, at the end of this week, I did this well, I learned this thing and you're actually putting that neurochemical onto the actions, the rewards that you're taking. Um, That's one of the practices I've done the last three years is end of every day, end of every week, three wins, three lessons. And you actually like remember what's going on. I think, you know, through my college experience, sometimes I like don't remember what happened in a whole month a whole quarter sometimes a whole half a year it's like it allows you to kind of chronicle what's going on and really take inventory of what's happening in life and then better plan of how to move forward yeah it's awesome i guess with that you know sense of moving forward you alluded to it a little bit earlier as one of the big projects that you know brought you into atlanta or that you embarked on with atlanta podcast really comes to mind i was wondering if you could kind of talk through that a little bit in terms of When you had the idea and really like what the mission is behind it, I'd love to, you know, circle back down the road on like some of the specifics that's come up from the four episodes, but really, you know, walk us through this idea and the mission behind it. Well, my podcast first and foremost is called Falling Forward. And
0: I love my name just because it's a point of conversation. I think a lot of people always ask like, did you say failing, like failing a test, or like falling or failed? Which one are you saying? Now say like failing. And I think most people would say like, why would you want to start a podcast with that as the title? And Ben said this to me before, when I first told him about the idea, he was like, man, I think that's the ethos of your journey. It's just, you know, going through these different experiences and embracing a journey, you may have failed, you may have had a setback, you may have had to pivot at a certain point, but you just kept always moving forward and you never stopped. And that's something that I would love to normalize. It's something I've always been fascinated with because I'm a person that I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like if I feel some type of way I'm gonna say it, I'm not a prideful person. I'm not afraid to mess up. And a lot of people look at me and they see all of the successes. They see that I went to Penn. They see that I won the diamond award from Temple. I met Michelle Obama and I did all of these cool things and they championed me for it. But what they weren't there for was the in-betweens of the journey. When I had to drop out of school for a semester and work at Corner Bakery in West Philly to save money just to go back to school, they didn't see that. They didn't see when I quit playing basketball. And I was no longer a student athlete, so I had to reinvent myself and become something else. And I became this mental health advocate and champion I am today from going through my experiences. They weren't there for those pieces of my journey. And, you know, I want to normalize that to young kids growing up in a social media era that you don't have to always have the answers. You don't have to look like you have life figured out, that you're rich, you're the most in shape. What you must do is learn to fall in love with the process of your development. So. I like to describe my podcast as an accountability community. And I say that because I don't want to say it's like um I think saying inspiring conversations or motivational podcasts, like I don't want to say it's generic, but that's what everybody is doing. But when I say accountability community, it places the onus on all of my listeners to change their own lives, but it also lets them know that I'm on this journey with them. Like I'm not a a coach, I'm not a guru, I'm just somebody that is relaying these life lessons to you and by us holding each other accountable, we can get this, we can, you know, get through whatever it is together. So I just wanna like normalize that conversation, like normalize the in-between, like those moments where you just don't know what the heck you're doing. You don't know why stuff is happening to you. And just let people know that like that's okay. Like that's a part of, of life and you know the goal should be just to find grace and space in the journey so that's what i hope to do when i start bringing guests on my podcast uh when i say grace being able to follow and withstand that to embrace that as part of your process of growth and having the space to reflect on the life journey to be introspective and to gain those lessons that you're supposed to get along the way a lot of people just live and when you don't live intentionally like you both said you'll forget everything that happened in a week or in a month and before you know it you're a 30 year old and you're like, man, I had this dream and I never did it. Or a 40 year old, you know, you're an old person. He's like, I didn't live the life that I wanted to carve out for myself because I wasn't intentionally living. But when you actually take the time to reflect on your relationships, uh, your job, the dream, business that you have, whatever it is that you want out of life, you can plan it out in steps. And also you can look at where you went wrong and rectify your mistakes along the way because nobody is perfect. So I just want people to Uh, Learn to find grace and space in the journey on their road to success, whatever that means to them. When I say success, I'm not talking about rich and wealthy. That could just be implementing a healthy lifestyle, whether that's like taking red meat out of your diet to become more plant based or to become a vegan, you know, things like that. That is a success. Like, and I think I just want to change the narrative around success. And I know that's a lofty goal, but if I can touch as many people and help them to, Delay instant gratification in their lives, like that is my goal. And I feel like once I learned what that meant, my whole life changed because the listeners can't see this, but I have a painting of Nipsey Hussle in the background. And when I discovered him, what I was so fascinated with was he always talked about the journey, the journey, um, the marathon, the marathon continues. And he would say like, you know, the only distinguishing quality between him and anybody else that's doing what he's doing is that he didn't quit. He was consistent, he was dedicated, he was motivated, he embraced all the trials and triumphs of whatever it is that he was trying to pursue. And I noticed that the more I listened to him and watched the interviews, like I started to think like him. I was like, what is this that he's talking about? Like, you know, I was a person before, like I was low on confidence, I was low on self-esteem. So whenever I would face adversity, I would quit. I would run away from it because I felt like the challenge was insurmountable. But I learned that, you know, life is full of different challenges. Like, and it's just a big journey. Nothing in life is sent to destroy you. It's either sent to be a blessing to you or a lesson along the way. And that's for you to figure out, but you just gotta like keep going through it. And I learned that from Nipsey. I just researched what is instant gratification? Instant gratification is that feeling that you get from posting something on social media, that's not even on brand for you. You're trying to build up, I'll use myself for an example. I'm, I'm building up feeling forward as a podcasting brand, I'm a content creator. I'm posting a selfie to get a reaction out of a girl. It's not on brand, but it might be a moment where I'm feeling low and I'm like, you know, I want this type of attention that I feel like I'm not getting. That's instant gratification. But delayed gratification is being able to endure a struggle. It's being able to put off the need for that that may ease your anxiety in the moment but it's not fulfilling to you in the future or it's not worthwhile and once i learned that it, it changed my view on relationships it changed my view on life even when mishaps happen with my friends uh, i won't respond from a super emotional place i've learned to just think now and just say like what is this lesson trying to teach me and i think um that is delayed gratification in its essence and i'm hoping to you know normalize that conversation
1: and bring it more to the forefront of society through falling forward that's beautiful, man. And I, I freaking love that name. I love the name of failing forward. I think it's such a multi layered name. Like obviously you as a creator, and you're you as the mastermind behind this brand that you've carefully didn't just curate you strategized. you yeah. thought about a lot of mental fuckery, a lot of mental dialogues, monologues, yeah. you're able to come up with this name. And I think just like the name discover more, right? what does that mean like what does failing forward truly mean but if one were to sit down and truly sip on the flavors of the name it's so Mm -hmm. profound because you sort of talked about it you talked about it's failing forward yet failing forward graciously grace is the essence and another key is forward you can't just have the failing because that's like who's going to listen to a podcast for failing right (laughs) and then like forward what does that fucking mean what's forward but it's the important notion that you have to fail, of course, because that's an inherent nature and characteristics of life. Everybody fails, period. But are you doing forward in an intentional and a gracious way? And I think those are the message that's embodied in your name. That's not really explicit, but there's just so much there. Because another thing you talked about is people like us who are high functioning, who have all these interests, who have all these things, we're always in a go 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 mode. And of course, US and the world at large on a society puts the momentum moving forward on a pedestal yeah. so the conversations and the topic of grace and forgiveness are often negated and neglected on a societal yeah. level and especially with these college kids who are first gen who yeah. quote-unquote made it right in their respective communities and their yeah. respective families they are the first person to make it into their from, a, from their family to make it to the college but there is so much gap there's knowledge yeah. gap, there's experience gap, there's cultural gap. They're still concurrently dealing with systematic barriers. They've sure. stopped their families the first place. So it's very easy to assume that these kids you're hoping to empower and work with, they have their, so much pressure and so yeah. much chip on their shoulders. They, they're like, oh, I'm the first one to go to college. Now I have to carry the name. I have yeah. to carry the village onto my shoulder, which is exactly what you went through. I remember yeah. from our first interview. So I can't even imagine the far-reaching implications and the empowerment of having a mentor like you as a director in their respective lives to show them, hold on a minute, you are the first of your families to make it, quote, yeah. unquote, into college. But remember, there's grace. There is a place and a necessity for forgiveness. Yeah. Um, so that that resonates with me very, very, very deeply. One thing, bro, is
0: I had to stop myself one day. I was like, comparing myself to people that went to Penn. I had this moment where I was like, you're comparing yourself to people who are second, third generation college graduates in their family, but also have uh, second and third generations of wealth and privilege. So the margin for error for them looks a little different than the margin of error for me. My family is not like their family. So that was something that also kept me grounded. And that's something I I applied to my real life is like, we look at these people on social media, but we don't know the circumstances of their life. I don't know, you know, what kind of jobs your parents have. I know what my family did. I know what I had to do to get to where I want to go. So I think um, just being able to like, we say this where I'm from, keep your eyes on your own paper. That is something that I do to keep me grounded. And I feel like last time we had an episode, the word of the episode was intention. And this one is
2: being grounded for me. Like I realized this journey is just about being able to ground yourself through the storm of life. Yeah, and I think when we're talking about being grounded, I think it's a lot of self-awareness ideas comes up to be. It's like not only being grounded in the moment to zoom back a little bit to something you said of look at your feet. That was a mantra I've used a ton is just find your feet. You see anxiety bubbling up or doing something difficult if you find your feet it's good to go, but outside of that physiological kind of somatic grounding, but also it's like grounded in who we are as a person. And that was one of the things that came out from our last interview that I found so, so valuable is talking to you, you know, the midst of the George Floyd incident, it really made me look at my own privilege in a way that I hadn't before. And it's like finding that grounding in who I am as a person, how I can continue to be a white male raised in the suburbs in 21, 2021, and still try and pay it forward, still have conversations like this and use my privilege for good rather than just exploiting the systemic issues that are clearly there. Um, So that's like, you know, I really want to just recognize the conversation that we had, you know, two years ago, it really made a new meaning of being grounded for me, but being grounded, not just in the physiological sense, but also the self-awareness sense and that's something you know that i'd encourage everyone to look at is like how can you be grounded in who you are as a person what you stand for what you believe in and what you value what you're trying to bring to the world and that was bro
0: i didn't speak on this but that was my exact intention and creative failing forward so earlier in this episode Mm -hmm. ben mentioned my youtube channel. And initially, I started YouTube just as a passion project. I just started it as a hobby while I was in grad school to have something to get my mind off the rigor of my course load. (laughs) So I would do reactions, all the things. I love music. So I would immerse myself into hip hop and do reactions. I would make vlogs. and. It, it was an outlet for me outside of, you know, basketball. I curated a space where it was kinda like I could get away from reality for a little while. But I realized that my channel wasn't growing the way that I would have liked it to grow because I didn't have a niche so i was growing this brand that was misplaced there were a bunch of people that wanted to see me for reactions there were people that wanted to see me for vlogs um there were people that wanted to see relationship content and it wasn't focused so i had a conversation with one of my mentors after i posted a vlog of me and my friends we were just having fun like doing things that we would do in real life and i posted on youtube and she was like you know i think you should you know maybe look into that like uh you know maybe that might hurt you when trying to apply for a job like having that type of content on the internet and initially when i when we were having this conversation i was like um like i don't think so and i asked a couple of my friends they were like i don't think it's a big deal like you were just having fun like being a human and my thinking at the time was like i just want to show kids from the inner city that you can be successful you can go to college but you still can be a regular person you know you still can have a life outside of what your personal brand seems to be but over time i just realized that the types of interactions i was getting you know it weren't it wasn't fulfilling and I noticed that my most impactful videos weren't the ones that I enjoyed doing the most. So I reached out to these other popular YouTubers and I asked them, I was like, you know, how are you able to grow your channel or even monetize it while just doing reactions? And they told me, they were like, bro, we have a podcast. And like, when we post it, people won't listen to our podcast, but when we are reacting to their favorite rapper or something like that, like they'll come listen. So it was like, you know, why your channel is still in its infancy, they're like you have the power to change it so try to make content based on what you want to do based on you know feeling trapped by what your subscribers want to see so during the pandemic where I sat long and
2: hard and I was like what is my brand like what is the story that I would like to tell when people see me or they
0: think of Monte? I don't want to be known as the popular reaction guy that makes people laugh like I'm, I can do that but is that fulfilling or is that the type of legacy that I want to leave behind and when I asked myself I was like no and you know I thought about the conversation that I had with Ben. And actually, you know, after I left y'all podcast, it inspired me to like find my voice. I was like, this is what I care about. Like, I would love to have conversations like this about social justice, mental health, uh, being a first generation student and what comes with that. I want to share those lessons to help people and be intentional about doing that. So I thought of Falling Forward and I thought that I could still um, have that hip hop element to it by talking to musical artists about their journeys of becoming a successful music artist, what are the pitfalls that you've endured in that journey? What are the successes? What are what have you learned? So I could still get that um, cultural aspect through my brain, but just doing it in a more focused way. And that's why as of late, I haven't even put as much time and effort into my YouTube channel because I'm undergoing the whole rebrand as I've gotten to Atlanta. So that podcast episode like y'all having me on there was one of the that was like one of those pivotal moments where i realized like this is what i want to do and this is how i would like to be known so i appreciate y'all for that opportunity greatly to speak on behalf of my
1: community but also like just find my voice in a way and figure out like what i wanted to do thank you for the high praises and you can send the commission to our billing account <laughs> on or our Venmo account we're checking the, the billing statement after this podcast ends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that reminds me of exactly what you just said and what Aiden said, the process of being grounded. But yes. even beyond that, the process of grounding, I think takes a village. Like, sure, there's people like us who are self-aware, who've done the work, who've read yeah. countless personal development books, who have mental health training, who has graduate degrees. Sure, we have a cultivated and heightened self-awareness that mm-hmm. we can catch ourselves metacognitively, right? When our are going astray or when we're feeling the comparison syndromes or whatever syndromes there is, we can say okay let's take a deep breath take a step back let's detach from the automatic thought responses and let's ground it but most people don't have this training most people don't have the privilege of soaking and reading all these books the literacy the access on and on so in that sense i think for most people it requires people that's why we started this podcast with the average of five is mm-hmm. if you don't have the access or the ability to ground yourself based on the barriers, based on the lack of privileges, whatever that may be, you can rely on your social support to keep you grounded, right? Yeah. Similarly, the, with the story you just said, which is very powerful and very personal to us, because that was an amazing interview, right? And we learned a lot about the atrocity of George Floyd, about the community, about your own personal journey through the systematic oppression. Yeah. But what you're saying is we, Myself and Aiden indirectly grounded you by yeah. creating this space to show you that, okay, you might be facing a pivotal moment. You might need to take a step back from your current creative process in the YouTube space to truly get regrounded and to rediscover your voice and your directions and your narrative. And that's what I mean by a village. That's what I mean by staying grounded and getting grounded is not of an essence. But you don't have to do it by yourself. You can rely on your support you can rely on your friends who can support you who can ground you in the process which is a reason why we need to cultivate a conducive and supportive space especially as men in 2021. yeah i'm actually
0: i'm actually afraid of people that don't take in the advice or perspective of those around them like those type of people really scare me where it's like they don't want to collaborate they don't want to share what they know or even speak like candidly or vulnerably about a situation that they are going through like that really is like a huge red flag (laughs) for me bro because we got to get through this together like none of us know it all and i like to consider myself a lifelong learner and that's like my best trait so i feel like we can learn from i learn from little children bro just because i'm open to receiving that information from them so i think um you hit it on the nail bro like we just got to be open to life and the possibilities
2: and we got to do it Uh, with our tribe, with our village and our community. That's the best way to get through this. Can't agree more, man. I think the idea or the word that really comes to mind for me is co-creation. I think we all think about how we're creating things in our own lives, but really that co-element just implies that we're all creating life together. Like thinking about even how we interacted or how we first met, right? It was our interview with two. he introduced us to you you inspired us to take a new direction in our podcast or inspired you to take a podcast. Maybe one of your listeners then starts a podcast. Like it's all this complex and fascinating and in my mind inspiring web of co-creation that really just makes me optimistic and inspired for the future. I think with a lot of that said, I'd really love to turn the mic back to you on speaking to the people that have that crab in the bucket mindset. You know, we talked about that a little bit in Philadelphia, but, you know, we've been talking through the possibilities that are possible with that positive co-creation lens Mm -hmm. but how would you you know encourage people to maybe take that other lens of choosing collaboration over comparison or choosing co-creation rather than that focus on self and creative element well i think um
0: when it comes to wanting to grow grow i think you have to take the attention off of what's going on around you and place it to self and i feel like so often when things happen in our lives, unfortunate situations, whether it's with friends or at school or at work, like we tend to focus on the effect and not the cause. And a lot of the cause is, you know, the traumas that we've been through or the deficiencies um, that we may have or shortcomings that we may have, but like look at our relationship per se, things go wrong with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever, you know, when you ask most people what went wrong, they say everything that the other person did, they will never say, this is how I negatively contributed. This is, these are the ways that I need to grow. And, you know, I, I may have messed up or even just saying like, I negatively contributed to the relationship. And I think um, that's why some people don't grow. You go from relationship to relationship and you're doing the same thing and you're having the same outcome. And some people go through life like that. When things happen, it's so easy to say, I'm cutting that person off it. This person like this and it's like no like it may not even be that these are the stories that you're telling yourself when you make up these stories in your mind it then shapes your reality so I think you gotta do a lot of work on yourself to know that um, you gotta love yourself more and when you love
2: yourself you won't be threatened by seeing other people you know succeed or win like
0: when i see y'all drop a new podcast or i see the growth and elevation and discover more like that genuinely makes me happy because i know you two as men and just as humans like it makes me feel good you have to be secure with yourself to be able to champion and want to help somebody else it's it's a journey of getting there but that's why you have to do those affirmations you have to practice gratitude you may have to go to therapy have different types of conversations with your friends you may have to get out of your environment go pick up a book and you know, do something to work on your mind, work on your emotion, work on yourself spiritually. And you know, I know that it's hard to do, but all of those things are things that you can do like on your own. You don't need money to do it per se. If you have access to the internet, if you have a phone, um, you can have access to things. And also, just not being afraid to reach out to people who are doing what you're doing, and you know, being able to ask them questions, like just asking about their journey. And I'm someone that spends a lot of time with the elderly. I just love to like pick their brains and ask them like how things were, you know, when they were coming up, when they were my age and how they handled situations. And I think just being open to getting that information. And this is probably the hardest thing to do is just being like open because in the community that I come from in Southwest Philly, um, it's a lot of intergenerational trauma, it's a lot of intergenerational poverty, it's a lot of loss, a lot of heartache and just disenfranchisement. And sometimes that can, like, harden your heart and make you a shell of yourself. I don't think anybody wants to not champion someone else or even harm someone or hurt somebody else. I think a lot of times we are, you know, slaves to our inner thoughts. We're like our biggest enemy. We're our biggest critic. And sometimes that prevents us from showing up as our best self in situations. So I think a lot of this stuff is not personal at all. I think if I could just tell people anything, it would be to... Just try to bring the energy and attention back to yourself, don't read into too much into how other people are treating you or what they're doing or why a situation didn't go your way and what that says about you. Instead, you know, just I said, like I said earlier, look at it like, what can I learn from this experience? What can I do to better myself? And how can I, you know, free myself from the vices of, you know, the poverty and the trauma and the pain and the loss? Because there's so many talented people where I come from. I want to give a personal shout out right now. And I don't know if y'all know this, but the shirt I have on says Worthy. And it's a Black-owned business from Philly. And on the back of it, it says, You Are Good Enough. And, you know, there's so many just talented people just like that that I know. Uh, but... You know they can't escape themselves and that affects how they show up in their relations they don't want to support somebody else because they feel like that might hurt their chances of being able to succeed so uh if i can give them any advice that's what it would be and i would end it with a quote from Nipsey she um he said uh would you rather be at war with yourself and at peace with the world or at peace with yourself and at war with the world and that's something that i live by. i want to be at peace with myself that's just what it is i've just did a lot of shadow work with myself to love myself more to appreciate myself more to validate and affirm myself and i'm just practicing radical self-acceptance now like i'm learning that i may have outgrown certain friends i may have outgrown the cultural norms of my neighborhood but this is who i've become and i can't be ashamed of it i have to step out on the you know, faith and just be me proudly and you know going on to that podcast and speaking out your podcast is speaking out about some of the things that i was you know interested in or passionate about that was that that moment where it was like this is me like you know you're not you've been dumbing yourself down for too long like you know just be proud of, you should be proud of the fact that you went to university of penn especially you never saw that in your neighborhood you didn't even think that was possible i went to 40th Street movie theater my whole life and never thought that, you know, that was something that I could achieve. And I feel like, you know, when you grow and elevate, sometimes you can have that survivor's remorse and you look around it's like, I'm the only one that, you know, did it. And I think the best way, if you're somebody that deals with that is, reach back, help somebody else, pull somebody else up. So I'm putting a responsibility on the people that are the first and the survivors, you know, pull somebody up, whether that's sharing information, uh, resources, a connection that could help someone. That's what two did for me, and that's how I met you all. I met two in Drexel's gym playing basketball, and he just pulled me to the side. I had a conversation, and he became a mentor to me. I met you all. Now I have a podcast.
1: <laughs> so if I could give them any advice, that's what it would be. That's amazing. The uh, shout out to two, obviously, he's killing it with the real estate investment journey. I mean, he's going to own half of Philadelphia next time we we talk to him at his current pace of a rapid expansion. And yeah, I I love that quote. And I just want to add another quote in tribute to that. Do you want to be fast? Or do you want to go farther? You move the fastest forward if you're by yourself, but you go a lot farther if you're moving with someone else. And once again, I think this is the mentality that we talked about is in addition to staying grounded is do you have a supportive network? Do you have that core five that brings you up so that you don't have to deal with the survivor remorse? So you don't have to deal with a tall puppy syndrome. So you don't have to feel the zero sum, you know, race to the bottom sort of mentality, Um, because if you're in that environment, like you said, we are the slaves to our thoughts, the incessant thoughts that we have that's beyond our control. But we are also the enslavement and the byproduct of the environment. Yeah. And, and you can't fight that culture. It's too strong. It's yeah. not even about your self-determination. It's not about your willpower. It's not about your grits. It's not about your intelligence. It's the cultural power. It's just too powerful. Yeah. and You can't fight that culture. So you have to revamp and reinvent the culture that's yeah. more conducive for your growth. But yeah. I love what you said, man. It's amazing.
2: Dude, I see the Nipsey hustle sign like peeking over your shoulder. And yeah, I'm like it's yeah. been so cool listening to you drop all this wisdom inspired by him. It seems like he's just like looking over. I mean, there's no doubt he'd be proud of what you're doing in the community no, with I all this. I, I hope so. <laughs> like he really is one of those people that uh changed my life.
0: Like, you know that question if you could have dinner with anybody that or allowed, who would it be? It would be Nipsey forever. <laughs> um, I just was so fascinated with what he did and what he was trying to do in his neighborhood by revitalizing his community through real estate and encouraging people to become owners. And I think that's a narrative that more people of color, especially black people, they needed somebody to champion and spearhead that movement. And I'm not gonna say that Nipsey started this, but I'm just seeing so many more black entrepreneurs and creatives and you know uh, black business owners. And it's really beautiful and inspiring to see. And you know, I wish more people knew of what he was doing. And a lot of what he was preaching was mindset um, manifestation uh, delaying gratification i learned all of these lessons from him so even the question of like would you take a million dollars or have a conversation with one person i would probably have had a conversation with Nitsi. i just feel like it would have been more valuable than that you know large lump sum of money that
2: i could have received can i run with a quick curiosity question so say you get to have dinner with Nitsi right? You sit down with him, whether you pay a million dollars to do it, just <laughs> bump into him at a restaurant or something. Yeah. But you can ask Nipsey two questions and see what he has to say. What do you ask him? Wow, that is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: crazy. That's something that I never thought about. But I would say um, the first question is, what inspired him to build his brand, The Marathon? Uh, what was his approach to, to building his brand? What was the inspiration behind it? And What are the steps that he took to begin to revitalize his community? He owned a storefront and he owned, I think, uh, maybe five stores in a strip mall in his neighborhood. And I just want to know, like, how was he able to do that? What was his plan? Like, you know, how did he come up with that? Like, what made him want to do that? And I think that is the two questions that I'll ask him. That
2: was hard because that was on the spot. (laughs) That was a great question, bro. Yeah, I mean, it shows the curiosity, right? I've always felt even before the podcast and the podcast has only exacerbated this idea but like curiosity is that gateway to finding out pretty much everything about life you know whether it's nipsey someone else a mentor an inspirational person or even just a close friend curiosity and questions are the thing that open up how they see the world what their mission is how they've come to wherever they are so you know appreciate that question
0: uh, questions and curiosity have gotten me this far, bro. Uh, if I wasn't a person that was curious and just wanted to know more and be more, like, I don't know if I would have made it this far. My mentor that I now uh, work for, we were able to grow our relationship through me just being curious and just wanting to be a sponge and just soak up so information, so much information. So I remember uh, I got a scholarship my sophomore year of college, and that was the first time I had ever received a scholarship So, uh, after this time, I just kept in contact with her because I was so grateful. After each semester, I would send her a copy of my transcripts and say, um, This is what I was able to do with this this grant and this money that I received. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful. Or anytime I had a question about, you know, personal finance, how to better myself, I would just ask her. And I didn't know if she was going to answer because she's the CEO of an organization. But I think that stood out to her. And from that, I was able to get an internship with her. Then after that, she just took me under her wing because. For one, I was open to receiving that information. I just asked every question I wanted to know. And I think that initiative that I took and that self-advocacy has gotten me this far. I asked you all, like, what are the things I need to start a podcast? It gave me all the information. I think sometimes people think, you know, they're just so afraid to ask because they're afraid of that rejection. Uh, But I think you just, you don't know until you try. So. I think my curiosity has gotten me this far, and I've been able to build my network up. I don't really think it's a, a secret to networking. People always ask me, like, how do you know all these people? I'm like, <laughs> I reach out, like, I just, I just ask them. Like, I don't know the people that, the brand that I have on right now. I don't know the people that own it, but I just bought it because I was interested. And I'm sure a conversation or some type of bond will come from that by just being open and curious to how they came to be. So.
1: Almost in like a catalyzing event, the catalyst that truly enabled your empowerment and the rest of your history yeah. happened because of the CEO having faith and trusting you with First. that grant and scholarship. And yeah, before that, like what Aiden said, I was gonna make a comment too. Is visually speaking, Nipsey is literally looking over your shoulder, like he's <laughs> literally looking over his shoulder. <laughs> he kind of has that
0: pain every day. Um, It's like a source of strength. And I feel like um, it's something that really empowers me. I'm also a very spiritual person. I was just telling somebody that, like I talked to my ancestors and I never say that I'm self-made because I know that everything that I'm doing is a continuation of things that they left behind. So it's people that had to die, or it's people that um, had to go through heinous conditions and life circumstances just for me to be here today to talk to you all. So I think like my ancestors, sometimes they just like speak through me (laughs) and I just let them like lead the way. And I think now Nipsey is definitely one of them,
1: so. That's a validation on your part that you are able to embody those spirits. You're able to embody and become the embodiment of these messages that your ancestors or Nipsey or your community will be truly proud of. Uh, i had a very similar experience and the ada knows about this right before the semester started that Mm -hmm. uh, before i accepted my offer at usc one of my biggest concern was the astronomically expensive tuition Uh, usc is one of the best program for sure but it's also one of the most expensive programs period and i was banking on my gi bill which is my entitled um, tuition assistance from my military service And about two weeks before or two weeks after accepting my offer, I found out that I'm no longer eligible to about $20,000 of the GI Bill due to some sort of a last minute provisions with the VAs and the military due to the pandemic and their fundings, whatever. So I was pretty devastated, but long story short, similar to you, right? Because the next question I want to ask you about is about how you utilizing the energy to navigate the challenges and opportunities in Atlanta, right? Because you talked about you have to almost... Reel the energy into yourself and then navigate forward. So yeah. uh what I'm talking about is similarly after my realization that I lost twenty thousand plus dollars to my GI Bill, uh I realized there is a huge challenge. So yes. I started doing my outreach process with the assistant dean, Ron. After our back and forth like you talked about, I had the curiosity and I had the openness because I knew I just took an L. That was beyond my control. It was yeah. circumstances of life, circumstances of VA, whatever. There's nothing I could do. So what can I control on? But it's okay. Let me speak with the admission office at USC to see if they have any additional scholarships or grants available, Mm -hmm. even though I already received some. And two days before my semester started, he got back to me. He he gave me a call on a Wednesday morning. I remember this very very specifically. He's like Yo Benoit. He's like Are you by your laptop? I was like no i just woke up you just called me out of blue what's up (laughs) and he's like well check your email i was like okay give me one second so he literally asked me to put him on hold and check my email i went in and i saw a new scholarship offer i clicked on it he gave me the full ride the maximum amount of merit-based scholarship that's allowed from the social work department i was like holy shit i couldn't believe this i was in tears i was like uh what happened and he's like well last night one of the previous attendants who are from like a lower scs background than i did he said like, oh yeah the student dropped out he accepted the offer we gave him the full ride scholarship and he dropped out so we had a vacancy and when the director asked the assistant director ron do you have any person and he said i thought about you ben Wong, because wow. i've been in a weekly outreach with him so i was rewarded this full ride offer which in comparison, I actually received thirty more thousand dollars than the previous GI scholarship I was banking on for the next two years. Just from that, congratulations, bro! Thank you so much. Uh, from that two weeks of back and forth, I share that not to steal your spotlight out of the story you share, but to support of the story that you shared is you don't know what you don't know, and yeah. life encompasses so much opportunities and challenges. But usually, there's so much things that life has in its holster to offer but you can only access that pandora box you can only access that mysterious unknown box of the universe or god unless you ask that's the only way you can access that gift of life and you were able to access that i was able to access that not because we were special sure we had the grids we had the persistence we had the foresight of conducting the outreach but simply put it's the curiosity so i just wanted to highlight that because that was life-changing for me and the CEO, your mentor, what she did to instill in you, every single person listening in has their respective stories of these seemingly unrelated but life-changing moments throughout their lives. And all it yeah. takes is just being curious. Yeah, I, I second that 100%. You know, thanks for listening to my quick TED Talk rents. But uh, with that being said, Monte, uh, in terms of the intentionalities and in terms of staying grounded, and how we utilize the energies because energy is ebbs and flows and there's a lot of distractions in today's day and age, a lot of distractions. How did you utilize your energy to stay focused, to stay on that tunnel vision, to navigate the host of different challenges, opportunities that arose during your transition and your journey so far in Atlanta? Yeah, I feel like we're probably
0: like beating the drum here talking about community, but um, I've been here for five months. Next week we'll make six full months that I was in Atlanta, which is kind of crazy. When I came here initially, this was a struggle, guys. Like, it looks glamorous and fun on social media, but the day-ins and day-outs are just even finding like a job that I liked. This is like another self-disclosure, but I actually got turned down from four different positions that I applied for out here. And for me, that was a very dark place that I was in mentally because I'm somebody that hasn't really had no said to me in a very long time like since going to temple i finished with honors i won a diamond award i went to penn ivy league school and i just been on this trajectory that i thought was be unstoppable in a sense when you go to penn you go to part of why you go to the university is because you think of what will happen after and when i got out it was very humbling so i came out here i had like six months rent saved up and you know i still was interviewing and I didn't get the job that I wanted. And after that, I was forced to settle for the position that I was previously working in. As someone working from home in a pandemic, um, I wasn't getting that social interaction from other people. So I would be home all day, sunrise to sunset. Sometimes I would have to force myself to go outside. Mind you, I'm in a new city where I barely know anybody. I have two friends here, but they they both work. <laughs> They're both cybersecurity analysts. So if you know anything about that tech industry, it's a monster. So uh, I was going through this like alone and I was in a very dark place and I kept applying to jobs. I even got into this place where I went to a dark wormhole where I was just applying to any job I saw because I hated my job. And I would get interviews and I was like, I don't even wanna do this. Like, why am I doing this? And it wasn't until I finally had to put my pride to the side and reach out to people. For me, that was very hard to do because like I said, I'm a first generation college graduate. I come from a low income background. I think in order to get to where I am today, like I had to endure a lot by myself. I had to do a lot alone. So to even get myself to a point to where I can be vulnerable and tell people like, hey, like, I just got denied from four different positions like i'm feeling uh anxious i'm feeling depressed i'm feeling like i made the wrong decision to come here it was even times where i thought about going home like two months in i'm like i just got here some of my friends were like oh like you can't quit like you you just got there you gotta you know stick it through and for me one of those steps was reaching out to my mentor and i just had to tell her like you know this is what's been going on with me i can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel i'm second guessing if i made the right decision and then just like picking up the phone and actually calling people. So I had a lot of talks with my friends in Philly, and that just like felt like home for me, just talking to people that actually know me, um, that can make me laugh, uh, you know, have experienced life with me in a different sense. And I noticed that once I started to do that, I started to feel better. I came across this guy uh, who lives out here. He's from Philly as well. And some of my friends in Philly are friends with him. And I reached out to this guy, and it's hard, I mean, as you all know, for other men to, or even, I'm not even saying men, I think just to make friends as adults, it's a very awkward thing, because everybody's at different places in life, um, different values, different belief systems. I, I reached out to this guy, I was like, hey, like, no, let's go out for drinks or something like that. And we went to watch the game, and this guy ended up being like one of my best friends out here. And it's actually funny because, like I said, like we know so many of the same people. Like I was friends with his cousins and his you know just people that he knew in Philly and you know that's how we were able to come together so him he's been like just so super supportive of the podcast like even weeks when I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do or I, I may have told him things about the podcast he would ask me like yo bro like how's the podcast going and it would make me like I'm like I gotta go write this script tonight <laughs> like Ben is holding me accountable uh so I just want to give a shout out to my guy Ben like he's been my biggest supporter out here and just like a good friend to me and like thank just going back to reaching out and like people don't know what you're going through unless you tell them and i didn't even tell him that i was going through anything so if he hears this he'll know so i just want to give a shout out to everybody that was there for me and that basically gave me
2: the cushion to find my footing out here because it wasn't easy at all Definitely, man. We'd like to continue banging that community drum. You know, I think as biological humans, we're all wired to be around another, (laughs) connect with one another. Like, uh, I recently joined a team/slash community, and it's just a Wednesday evening call where we all just like talk about what's going on in our respective lives, learn skills from one another. And just having that space or that vehicle to connect with one another uh, makes life so much easier. You know, I think whether it's a person-to-person, just someone you've been thinking about, caring about, or even trying, to get together with a larger group it's so so valuable for living a happy and fulfilled life and i think the one piece of your story that really rings true it's almost funny in like the last six months at least what i heard from your story six months in atlanta almost seems like the ethos of failing forward right you came in with a job you didn't like applied to four different ones and now when you told me correct me if i'm saying this wrong but the director of student engagement at a what's the it's called the Herbert Forward Foundation.
0: So it's a nonprofit organization that supports the various needs of students from uh, low income backgrounds who are also first generation, just like me. And if I could think of a job that I would have envisioned myself in at this point in my life, it would be this. So the fact that it just came full circle and I'm able to provide these lessons and opportunities to youth that come from where I come from, it's like a dream come true. And But if I gave up and I, you know, I went back home, I don't know I would have regret that that's what i said i would have regretted. it so i'm happy i just hunkered down and i tapped into my network and i had to switch my approach you know when you're sitting by yourself that's why that self-talk is important i'm like what can i do to change my situation or i've reached out to people i'm like all right i'm not going to keep applying to 100 different jobs because it's not even 100 jobs that i'm interested in so i'm like i'm going to focus on building a network within atlanta um that's the best thing i could do And once i shift my mentality from applying to the jobs i'm like let me focus on building my network i saw things really change and i started to like get out of my shell and start
1: to meet people out here that have supported and aided my journey eden that was a beautiful connection i didn't even make that connection with the six months in atlanta being the the most accurate representation of the ethos of failing a podcast yeah. a beautiful beautiful connection you made there then uh, i just want to honor the space real quick because even though mental health space has continues being reimagined and being uh-huh. recreated by a lot of advocacies and a lot of social work has been playing an amazing role in that aspect. Yes. Uh, but I think the stigma and the limitations, a lot of fallacies around what mental health means among the POC or BIPOC communities, like the black yeah. communities, Asian communities, has been pretty relatively stagnant to my understanding. Yes. So having a guest and a friend like you, and Monte, to be on the show again for the second time because we truly understand vulnerability is strength. But like Brené Brown's ideas aside, having someone like you coming on the show with your background, with your caliber, with your wider way of diverse experiences, for you to say, "I was depressed. I was yeah. in a dark place. I was in a dark wormhole." Because we've all been there before. We've all I- interviewed and clicked on the one-click applies on LinkedIn during yeah. moments of despair, moment, during yeah. moments of desperation, and then going through your cover letter and you're just switching the name <laughs> um, <laughs> that's Just, just yeah, just autopilot, right? And then you're just mind-numbing autopilot mode. And afterwards, you're like, I just wasted six hours of my life applying for yeah. jobs that give zero interest about. But I just want to honor that real quick because it is so, so, so important because the stats, none of that's relevant if we don't have direct relevance of storytelling to show the listeners and the people that, listen, these aren't just words. These aren't just curated message boards. These are real personal stories that come from people who look just like you, who have gone through similar life experiences just as you have. And we're just a little bit older, a little bit wiser, have a little bit more tools in the toolbox. But we are that's, all one the same, you know? And not to cut you off,
0: bro, I was just gonna say, and that's, where, that's why I was super intentional in how I approached launching my podcast. For one, using the first few episodes to tell my story. So as more people come along, I would hope that they go back to the beginning and say, oh, like, this is this is real. Like, he really came through this. He overcame situations and he's just like me. Like, we're not different. He just, like you said, maybe a little bit more older and a little bit more wiser. And I think uh, even outside of that, if you listen closely in the first episode where it's called, I'm talking about just who I am and my inspiration for starting a podcast, I explicitly state in the beginning, I said, I am no expert. I am no guru. I am no coach. I am just somebody who's um, approaching this issue in my life head on and i would like to build a community of other people who would like to do the same i was super intentional about that it's because like too often like we put like these social media gurus and life coaches on pedestals and then when things come out that they do in the media people want to bash them and cancel them And it's just like for me i'm not even going to put myself on a pedestal like that because if i let you down one day i don't want it to be like mate the life coach told me to do this he's out here you know, to live his life like that. Like, I'm going to make mistakes, so I wanted to explicitly state that, like, you know, this is something I'm trying to confront, and I would like if we do it all together um, as a community. So uh, thank you for saying that bro. Lastly, like I want to be a role model. Um, I heard Tupac say this. He was like, I don't want to be a role model. I want to be a real model of my life. So um, I can't speak to the identity of being anything other than a black man. So I think those two identities alone, being black and being a heterosexual black man, like I know how hard it is to be vulnerable. I know how hard it is to express yourself and say things that you're going through. I know how hard it is to be open or even for me to reach out to another man and say like, Let's hang out like that is something hard to do because how we are raised socially like men aren't raised to be in tune with their emotions or how they feel like when you're young you're taught that to be a man it means to provide uh your whole self-worth is attached to your work and what you can produce so uh many of us we struggle and we don't We aren't able to tap into those parts of ourselves until later in life. The only emotions that we know, in a lot of instances, is happiness or anger. And usually once you see that anger or sadness or confusion, people lash out. They do things that that they aren't proud of. And I wanted to show um, young men everywhere that, like, you know, you can still be cool and you can still be intelligent. You can be a multifaceted person and that... you know, not be looked at as weak or frowned upon for being open and vulnerable with your emotions. Like, it's okay. So I'm willing to put myself on the line to help somebody else to know that, like, go get the help that you need, whether it's therapy. Like, in my conversations with friends, this is what we talk about. Like, I encourage them. I'm like, bro, this is what I learned from therapy. This is how I learned to cope with this situation. These are the strategies that I implement, whether it's deep breathing or if you get in an argument with your girlfriend, uh, telling her that you need to walk away, you need some space for a moment to recollect yourself and you'll, you know, be back. Or even asking somebody to repeat, you know, what they said to you. Like, this is what I'm hearing that you said. Is this what you said? Like some simple acts like that, or even journaling, writing down your feelings, like these are all the strategies that I'm learning and I'm passing them on to Young people, because I know that could be the difference in you making a, a life altering decision that can, you know, send you down a path of destruction. Where I come from, somebody might bump you or step on your shoes, and somebody might pull out a gun and try to harm you and hurt you, kill you because of that. When you think about that, like, no person who is aligned mentally or in a healthy state of mind will react to a situation like that. You want to feel like somebody that looks just like you, that comes from the same neighborhood as you. You have to physically harm them or kill them because they just bumped you walking down the street that's not healthy so i think um i just want to normalize that it was okay to, to smile to be free and one thing that i've learned throughout my journey is the duality of blackness like when i was growing up in my neighborhood in southwest philly i thought that all black people were a certain way like you all had to be tough aggressive, you gotta watch sports, you gotta wanna be a rapper. I thought that was like the way. And when I went to Temple, that was the first time I saw black engineers, I saw black therapists, I saw black scientists, I saw black finance professionals. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Or even different gender identities and social orientations, I was like, The spectrum of what it means to be black is so broad, or even the spectrum of just what it means to be a human being is extremely broad, and it only got enhanced when I went to Penn and I saw even more black people that may not have come from my socioeconomic background. I saw black wealth and privilege for the first time. I saw black nepotism where, you know, if your father was in a position of power, he could give a leverage opportunity for somebody else. I saw black ownership. And I just want to bring these lessons to the forefront for kids that come from where I come from to know, like, there's no one way of being. Don't put yourself in a box just because of where you come from. And if you're a man, period, if you're a person, period, like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to share stories. That's how we connect with each other. That's the importance of being in tune with your ancestors. That's how we get from point A to point B stories. We can't know where we're going if we don't know where we've been. So I'm willing to put myself on the line as a sacrifice. And I hope that When it's all said and done, like I look back and I'm able to, you know, I was able to impact a lot of people through my journey. That's my ultimate life goal, is just to help as many people as possible
2: that's beautiful man i mean ben said this a bit earlier and i just really love to echo it like you're truly truly a champion of this whole movement both you know the masculine the mental health the black community it's amazing to see you kind of stepping into the power in this you know multi-dimensional uh leading by example kind of phrase and i think you know with that said I, i really feel it's a beautiful time to come full circle into like our discover more question we asked it on our last time and you know, I would suspect that the answers have changed over the course of the past two years of what you may want to discover more about yourself in your own respective life, and what you would encourage anyone listening to try and discover more about in their life at this time. Right now, I would like to
0: discover more about my attachment style. And you know how that affects how I build relationships or even how I react to certain things in relationships. A few minutes ago, I talked about being anxious to call people that are my family and friends. These are people that I know in real life, but before I could even press the phone to call them, I had that thought like, what am I gonna talk about? Are they gonna think I sound dumb? Like all of these thoughts are going through my mind that I'm playing before I even press call somebody that loves me or cares about me. So I think as I've been studying attachment style, you know, I learned if you've never heard of this, it's three different attachment styles. You have secure attachment, you have anxious attachment, and then you have avoidant attachment. And your attachment styles, they originate in the relationships with you that you have with your caregivers, you know, your biological parents. You know, you would like to be in a secure attachment style because it will translate to the, the best relationships. And what I'm learning about myself right now is I exist in that anxious attachment style. So that affects the way I read and you know respond to situations in my life. If I start a business and my friend doesn't repost my business, I might think, what's wrong with me? Why don't they like me as much as I like them or care about them? When you're in that anxious space, Your mind can play tricks on you and you always on ads, you're always wondering if I could give any advice to anybody else that's in a similar space as me doing that self-work. I would just tell them to pick up some books. I love anything related to Bell Hooks. She's an amazing black feminist author. One of my favorite books by her is All About Love. There's another one called The Will to Change where she talks about black men and masculinity. And as of recent, I just started a book called Attached. I don't remember the author. And I'm also reading a book called Think Like a Man by Jason Wilson, who is an influencer on Instagram and uh, YouTube. So start there. Like if you're in a space of self-love, self-acceptance, and just trying to like better yourself in your relationships, that's where I would start. And like I said, that wasn't about entrepreneurship or podcasting, but that's the space I've been in lately.
1: And I think that's the beauty of our platform, right? It's not about discover more business or discover more entrepreneurship. It's called discover more about life. Yeah. So I think your response is more than adequate and more than perfect. And like I said, every single person has their own struggle, has their own respective lanes, whether it's business lane, entrepreneurship lane, mental health lane, which is the primary lane you've been grappling with the past six yeah. months in Atlanta. Likewise, same for me, man. And um, yeah, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful answers. And I think it's really, really important for us to recognize not just attachment style, right. But it's more about who are we as human right. beings? What makes us tick? What gives us joy? What upsets yeah. us? What angers us? What prompts joyful responses? And yeah. all those triggers are only discoverable if you know about yourself. Because we talk a lot of things we talked about indirectly early on is like mind reading, right? It's one of the propensity for a lot of people who are depressive or anxious. They tend to mind read what they think other people are thinking about them. Thinking about them. Yeah, it's a projected assumptions about other people's internal thoughts. Yeah. I mean, none of us mind reads. So how can we ever assume what other people's thinking actively? That's not possible, right? Yeah. Um, but once again, the best way to battle self-sabotage tendencies, or mind reading tendencies, our mentalizations, oversimplification, whatever the list goes on, is you have to know oneself. And that oneself yeah. has to be you because you wake up to that person and you go to sleep with that person. You're born with that person and you die with that person. And that person is you um so before we conclude the episode with our final question uh personal curiosity question from my end uh because i want to reel that question back into the picture and put it on a pedestal real quick is you talked about um i don't know if you attributed this to nipsey or this is what you do oh i think from the i am athlete podcast they talked about the question that you utilize with your friends is do an emotional check-in, right? Is how are you doing emotionally? How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing financially? And how are you doing physically? Uh, I wanna pitch that question back to you uh, because of course the half the intention of this podcast was for us to catch up at three great friends, but the other studies of course talk about the in and outs of your journey so far. So to honor the catch-up component of this podcast, I'm personally curious about how you're doing in those five domains. So yeah, Monte, literally to put this spotlight back on you, how have you been doing uh, so far in life in Atlanta or just on a macro level? Yeah, How are you dealing emotionally, spiritually, financially, physically, and mentally? Spiritually, I'm in a great place just because there have been moments where I've gotten
0: away from my spiritual practices, whether that's meditation, journaling, uh, reading, or even praying. But uh, as of late, I've really been intentional about reeling myself in, uh, in that regard. Whenever I feel myself getting off track, i resort back to those things. And I go back to my calendar where I'm putting those shapes on. here. like, I've meditated. I've prayed today financially and business-wise. Like I feel great that I got a new job, (laughs) I'm able to take care of myself and I'm able to invest in the things I need for my podcast. So I think business-wise going into the podcast, I feel anxious in that area just because Um, You know what it's like to have a vision. And you know all of the steps that you have to take to make that vision unfold. But just being able to just trust the process and just wait. You know, things happen over time. It's not just all going to happen the way you want. The followers, the listeners, the supporters, the downloads. Like, that comes with time, and you have to stay consistent and dedicated. So I've just been anxious in a good way about, you know, all of the things that I hope to do. And, you know, sometimes I do feel that pressure of getting caught up in that social media monster because you have to have new and fresh content on a consistent basis, new ways to engage with your followers to keep them. And like I've done really well up until this point with the first few episodes, but now I'm transitioning to interviewing guests. And that's where the anxiety has been produced because I have to find a new venue because I shoot from my apartment right now. And I would like to do in person content, just meeting people all around Atlanta. So uh, just been finding finding a venue that's something that has prevented me from moving forward as fast as I would like. I think that just goes back to just staying grounded and just trusting the process. So I've been talking to different people to make that a possibility. And I think emotionally, it's hard, man. Like it's emotionally taxing to be in a new city alone and embracing all the lessons that comes with that journey. Um, I think in all of those domains, like I'm doing, I'm doing good physically. I'm getting back into the gym and I've been eating a lot of ice cream,
1: but <laughs> we get getting back to it. So I appreciate y'all actually, thank y'all. Like I said, man, your skin's literally glowing across the screen. Thank so you, uh, that wasn't a flattery. Uh, my acne's been breaking out. So I need to uh, step up my skin regimen game on that. Yeah,
0: exfoliate at night,
1: bro. Exfoliate with some <laughs> cold water. <laughs> I think the last
2: kind of string I'd like to pull on all this stuff you just said was accountability and ownership. You know, when you were describing failing forward, you said not a podcast, not a self guru kind of thing, but really an accountable community to hold each other accountable. And that's what I'm hearing from all of your stories, whether it's accountability as to how you're feeling across accountability on I'm eating a lot of ice cream, like whatever the thing is, it's just being honest with ourselves, being accountable for those things. So love to pull that thread. And, you know, if there's anything we can do to support you down the line, always happy to. It's uh, amazing to see you grow alongside the podcast podcast space equally excited when you drop a new episode thank you bro i really appreciate that
0: and like like i said like i consider y'all like my mentors in this so I'm, even the way like i pattern my social media like it was inspired by you know what y'all do and even like i asked i reached out to both of you like the sound bites like how do i do this how do i do that so i thank y'all for just being open because not everybody is like that sometimes like when you start something in the same industry as someone, they immediately start looking at you as competition. So it's like, I can't help them in any way. But for the listeners, they told me like what mic to get, what platform to distribute my uh, podcast audio, how to do the more technical things in terms of the production side of it, what software they use. Like as listeners, like you have some great hosts and been Aiden, just great solid all around people. And since I've known them, it's just been nothing but love and reciprocity,
1: which is great to have in all your relationships. So. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Uh, like I said, uh, I forgot who said this, but in life to get ahead, you can either tear all the tall buildings down that's beside you, or you can build everyone up, but also being the tallest building just through sheer competence and sheer hard work, which yeah. you have more than anything. And I definitely have the effector. And of course, we're beyond enthused about your transition or your remodeling process of your YouTube platform, uh, because even for me, when I first consumed your YouTube content uh, obviously, I watch them very sparingly, I only watch a few of them. Not, my definitely favorite is your mukbang just because I love food and I tend to uh, watch a lot of the YouTube content when I'm feeling uh, ferociously hungry. But it's definitely your spits of your honesty and your authentic responses to what's going on in your life for you to be able to deliver your storytelling in such a relatable way to your friends with the avenue of this YouTube plus food. Uh, but like you said it was definitely all over the place so i'm definitely more than happy for you to be able to identify a platform have the initiative to start a platform but also have the determination and the support all around and your ability to be self-aware and to stay grounded in the process to make this into reality because you're one of the four guests i would say that was inspired by us to start a podcast Mm -hmm. but so far you definitely demonstrate a unique consistency in that lane uh, because as you know this shit is hard work the amount of hours oh the amount <laughs> of times i want to break my screen to th- throw my computer across because of this whole editing aspect it is people don't see it right people don't see the in and out people the really it. quickly bro. <laughs> listeners y'all don't know what it. it's like to listen to the same sentence
0: for five minutes straight <laughs> just to get it To sound how you want, I'm talking about the breaths in between, uh, the mistakes you may have made, the ums, the ends, like, y'all don't know how much work goes into having a podcast, I think, you know, just, I just want y'all to have some respect for the people that create content, like, it's not easy, even the people that get up and create videos, reels, every day, IGTVs, like, it takes a level of dedication and just drive and consistency like it's not all that what meets the eye because if it was that easy like everybody would be doing this but it's not i think to take a day out of your life and dedicate it to creating something that you don't even know if people are going to listen or appreciate or be impacted by i think that's a huge risk that you're taking there's so many other ways that we could be spending our time so I uh, think for listeners, like if you want to start a podcast or even if you just listen to podcasts, hopefully that hopefully that gives you some insight into, you know, what it's like behind the scenes. It's not easy.
1: So with that, the last question, I like to tweak it a little bit to make it more personal because we you do have or we do have that personal connection with you and you're more of a friend than just a guest. So, Monte, to conclude this episode uh, in a very summative way, what's some of your departure feedback your departure messages you want to part with our listeners with and even your listeners you know uh, what's something that comes to your minds just to conclude this beautiful beautiful and amazing catch-up session in this interview episode with you it's something simple but just trust that what's meant for you will never miss
0: you um it may not happen when you want it to happen whether that's like a week from now a month from now or even a year but that is the risk that you're willing to take to live a fulfilled life or achieve your goals and just losing your attachment to the outcome like we cannot control life uh we just have to respond to it and react to it so i think um once you lose your attachment to the outcomes it'll make you more of that risk taker or more of that go-getter because it's like what's the worst that could happen like the worst thing that can happen is you might get rejected and you take that rejection you learn from it you find a way to um pivot and you just move forward from it so i think um life can be really simplified it just depends on how you think and how you draw meaning from it so i think um for anybody if i could part y'all with that i'll just say you know just trust the process and just know that your my lane will never look like Ben's or Aiden's but that doesn't mean that we can't get to the same place if somebody knew my whole story like just even getting to temple like just getting to that point like i transferred to two colleges and when I finished that temple, I won a diamond award, which is the highest accolade that a person could receive from the university. Now, if you tell somebody that that doesn't know me, I would not fit the profile for somebody that would accomplish something like that. Going to University of Penn. My mother has an eighth grade education. She never went to high school. She would never be able to guide me past, you know, high school, college or what comes after that. My father never went to college. You don't have to fit the profile or check all the boxes on the surface just trusting that you can get to where you want to be if you continue to do the work and you have to believe in so sometimes you got to be your own your biggest fan your biggest critic because it'll be a lot of lonely times where You know people don't understand what it is that you're chasing or what you want to do or they don't respect the decisions that you're making or simply put they just don't believe that you can do it i think my mentor she's somebody that believes in me endlessly and she also helped instill my confidence in me but when i told her i wanted to go to Penn, i think that was one of the first times that she was unsure and you know when i usually tell her that i want to do things uh she always like pushes me and you know tells me i could do it and this was one of the first times when we had that conversation she was like well, if they don't accept you, like that's that's on them. Just remember that it's not on you, it's a loss on them. And I think I think that was her way of it was like risk management. Like she wanted me to know if this doesn't go as planned, then you know, you got other options, like it's okay. And I was like, Man, I could do this. Like I believe in me. I don't care what it looks like and I, I got in. And when I got there, I'm the only person that has locks in my head, tattoos on my arms, like if you go walk on Penn's campus, you're not going to see no tattoos, y'all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this, this kid that's from Southwest, and I'm there with these kids who, you know, their parents may have owned uh, a million-dollar company or something like that. But at the end, like, we ended up in the same place. <laughs> and that's just so crazy about life. In uh, the first episode, Ben used a word that I never... Uh, I don't think I actually ever heard somebody use it before that conversation but you serendipity and it was like just I feel like if you just trust your process and your intentions are in the right place like you'll have those serendipitous moments where it'd be like you might have had the worst week ever you might have had the worst month ever where it seems like everything is just going wrong and then out of nowhere because you didn't give up and your intentions were in the right place like it'll just seem like the universe will reward you with Whatever it was that you were chasing, or even just a small sign that you're headed in the right direction. So you just got to trust in that, man. Just know that, like, your journey doesn't have to look like everybody. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You don't have to have all the resources and connections. Use what you have, and you are enough. Like, just you, you are enough. And I think, um,
2: got to believe in that and, you know, and trust in that. So if I could leave y'all anything, it's just that that would be it. I love that, man. So, so powerful. So, so true. Thank you for sharing. Uh, To all the listeners, if, you know, Monte's stories, Monte's wisdom, these perspectives are ringing true, please check out his podcast at Failing Forward. He drops similar gems, similar wisdom. Um, It's an amazing, amazing listen. But, you know, with that said, we'd love to turn the red carpet back to you. Aside from Failing Forward, how can folks connect with you and even share some of the things you got on the horizon?
0: Um, Y'all can follow me on Instagram at failingforward.co. Um, My email address for Falling Forward for any collaborations or business opportunity is fell, F-W-R-D, fellforward at gmail.com. You can follow my personal Instagram at I am Tayloso, T-A-Y-L-O-S-O. That's my alter ego, and that's where I have a lot more fun, so if y'all want to get to know me personally, you going to follow that page. Uh, champion mental health on there. I support business owners and creatives,
1: and overall, I'm just a nice, you know, social, social butterfly, so I'm excited to connect with all of you uh, we appreciate you always being gracious with your time. We appreciate and are grateful for the space that all three of us were able to partake in on this rainy, moody, cloudy Saturday, <laughs> even in LA, which is very, very strange. It's um, like that out here too. <laughs> yeah, and people still don't believe in climate change. So that's a different topic. But yeah, with that being said, man, thanks again for your time. And for all the listeners, as always, if you have made it to this far, please give Montee some love. Check out his content. Check out his amazing podcast. And as uh, all the amazing wisdom, toolkits, books, resources that are mentioned in this episode will always be included in the show notes. And as always, thank you for discovering more with us this week. And we hope to see you again next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Discover More. We release a new episode every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And would really appreciate if you have subscribed and shared this with your friends. We
2: hope you enjoyed this episode and join us next week in the journey of discovering more through intentional dialogues.